All right, welcome back to Yin and Yanny Healing with Kirsten and Dur. We're exploring beyond the physical and we're just diving into our lives and all this crazy shit that's happening because every week we're just peeling back layers and 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 stuff's moving and it and it's it's a lot, but it's also awesome to experience. And I think that like both of us deal with people that probably experience a lot of like overwhelm and anxiety and stuff like that and stress. So I do think it's, it's relevant for people to hear how we deal with it. We're people that help them deal with it. Yeah. And just to show that, like, just because we're the practitioner doesn't mean like, we're not going through stuff too. Like we're all, all trying to like work through like the stuff that's like coming up in our life. And like, you're always through every like transition in life, which there's always going to be lots, you're always going to like go through stuff. And so I think it's pretty cool for us to like talk about, okay, how we're like moving through and like working out this stuff. Yeah. I like to say, I am not your guru. And another thing too, that actually me brought up recently, which I was like, I'm writing this down because this is so good. And I feel like this is such a good piece to hold myself as a healer and clients accountable to each other is the 50 50 rule have you heard of this no tell me okay so so let's like you know you know more than anyone else how much we can carry for other people yeah it's a lot and 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 so we were doing this exercise um on on the on the last call where it's like okay think about this thing in your life blah 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 blah. how many things are you holding just in general and then like people are spitting out these crazy numbers like 1059 bajillion whatever and then it's like okay and then we did a little clearing and then uh, okay how many things of those are yours and then like everyone's number went down to zero one five two whatever so it basically just demonstrated how we like hold stuff for other people so with that in mind the 50 50 rule is a way to a stop holding shit for your clients as a healer and b start taking more accountability as someone who is healing or being a client and so um showing up as the healer and as a client as I'm going to show up with 50% and I'm not going to show up as more than that or less than that, because you need to meet me the rest of the way. Because if, if let's say I show up as the healer and I show up with 90% and you as a client only show up as 10%, well, that means I'm holding 40% of your ish for you. And you're actually not getting the amount of healing that you could be getting if I would just show up at 50% and be like hey I'm here for you I'm going to help you I'm going to guide you but you need to meet me halfway and show up 50% too because I'm not going to carry the rest of that shit for you yeah I love that so much I feel like I was already kind of subconsciously doing that and that's why that's one of the reasons um I started the pain healing program was because I need clients to meet me halfway. Like I'm not just choosing, I'm not just letting anyone like join this program. You have to already be like halfway because otherwise 
if we're spending all of the sessions where you're only showing up a certain percentage and I'm having to, um, we're having to like work through those pieces first, it just takes away from the, like the healing on like the actual like pain, because we got to work through like your ability to like show up first. Yeah. So it's like, I really do want to like meet people who are like already, already there. And and it, it, I feel like it goes back to something that you say all the time that like people are holding stuff for other people. Goes back to some of our other episodes where we talk about like generational um, baggage and stuff like that. And it's actually wild how much whatever you're experiencing is probably from someone else. Like we oh, just, yeah. just take it on. Like if I went through my like client. Um, like the sheets, right? If I went through like all of my notes and like calculated it, I would say well over 50% of the sessions, like well over, probably I would say probably 70% of the sessions are about holding emotions for somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's crazy because then people come and they're like, oh, I've already done all this work and blah, 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 blah. it's like, yeah, but you're still stuck. So something's still stuck there. And I can hear it when people talk right? I just know right away now when people are holding emotions for other people, they're like, well, like, you know, I, let's just use this as, as an example. You know, I work out and I, I eat really well and you know, I do all these like things, but like for some reason, like I have really high blood sugar or, um, you know, my, my body, like for me, like, right. Like my body is not like matching, like what I like put into it. And there's kind of this incongruency between who they are and like what they want to do and what they are doing. And then the outcome that's manifesting. It doesn't, it doesn't match. And it, there's, it's like contradictory. Like when they talk, they're like, blah, 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 blah. but then they like say something else that directly like um, contradicts what they just said. So it's like, that's what I know for sure. I'm like, yeah, you're holding emotions for somebody else. Cause there's not, it's not alignment. It doesn't make sense. And what, what kind of response do you normally get from that? <laughs> um, well, like in sessions people like understand it because I make them watch a video now before they have a session with me so I I like explain that so that when they come to the session they like um they know to expect that Mm -hmm. before when I didn't do that they were like they did have a hard time like wrapping their brain around it they were like what like how yeah, I I I I, I t- get that because I feel like it's it's not it, it doesn't make sense logically. Yeah, if you don't understand how, like how people can hold things energetically and stuff like that. Yeah, so I got smarter. I like put it in a video to explain it to people so that we can like really instead of me explaining that in the sessions that we can really just like be honing in on the healing instead of like explaining okay like how do we hold emotions for other people because right. that's how co- that's how common it is is that I had to make a video to explain it so that people could understand it of why we do that and the reason for me like a why we do it is two reasons either we are very close and have a very deep loyalty to someone like at a young age that we're holding their emotions um or there's someone that we want to be close to, but we're not close to. So we try to like do that for them to try and hopefully gain that like closeness subconsciously, of course. That's so interesting. Um, 
I'm going to share this anonymous uh, person from the last call because I feel like the story really, really relates a lot to this where she was, basically she was asked, why, why are you doing what you're doing? Um, And she's like a personal trainer and then just asked like the why exercise over and over again. And basically it came down to, oh, well, when I was young, uh in like grade 10 or something like that my mom was like never around and um the one time that I got to spend a lot of time a lot of like great quality time with her was we went to this like exercise class together and it was amazing and I loved it and it was so good to like have this connection with her and see the connections that like other people had in the class and then and then it came back full circle to okay, so you're holding so much extra shit for your clients now because you're you're basically like grasping for a reason to like, because she was, she was basically like, um, if, if I don't vibe with a client, I get like, kind of like, why aren't we vibing? And like, try to make like this like strong connection with them. And, and then that was the connection is like, so because of that, what you experienced, at a younger age with your mother, you're now trying to like recreate that with your clients now. So it's like, you're, you won't let them show up 50%. You're trying to like overcompensate and like create this like crazy relationship. And so it's like, you're actually holding more than you need to be holding for all these people. Yep. That's pretty. Yep. Anyway. pretty wild how I don't know it's pretty wild how that how that happens and then I always like tell people too I'm like really like look at your life I'm like nothing is happenstance like you think it's just happenstance that that person's a trainer and you know and they also have this like complex of trying to like have a certain type of relationship with all of their clients like it's not happenstance that's there's always meaning and a message and everything in your life, your relationships, your circumstances, um, how you feel about yourself, everything that you're like attracting, it's all, it's all for you. It's not random, which Mm -hmm. is totally showing you like something from the past. Well, okay. So this is interesting because another thing that came up during that was, um, like you choose, you choose a career based on kind of like something that you're trying to heal in a sense it's like you need this experience which is actually kind yeah. of wild because um if I think about myself for example I'm like okay a lot of my a lot of my um career in the past was first it was in in hospitality like working in restaurants da, 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 like in my younger years and so I think that was a lot of like relationship type stuff or yeah maybe like having to be more individual or something like that it was some form of like having to figure out me myself and my relationships to other people and then it totally shifted because I did that for like probably 10 years something like that and then it shifted to technology which was something that I had been praised for a lot in the past um like as a child because I was just really good at technical stuff for whatever reason and so then I spent 15 years in telecommunications and like, um, 
web and whatever kind of shit basically technical stuff and I think that was more of just me having to prove myself in a sense it's like to show people that I'm competent kind of thing um and then now it's like I'm going into this like healer role (laughs) which is kind of interesting too. So I, I still haven't quite figured out for myself what exactly am I trying to heal with that. But from the last call, I'm wondering if maybe it's my my subconscious need to like have to want to fix slash help. It's like I have this inner desire, which actually I think goes a lot back to some of the stuff that like we talked about with feminine masculine, but like I just have this like deep inner desire to to want to like dive in and and help someone or like fix it for them kind of thing. Mm-hmm. When in reality, I maybe don't necessarily have to do that. It's like their experience that I can sometimes step back and just let them experience what they're needing to experience. So, who will be fixed if you fix them? Or what will be fixed if you fix your clients? friends, family, who, who are you truly trying to fix or what are you truly trying to fix? Well, I honestly think I'm just trying to fix myself. Like, it's like I, maybe I feel like, I feel like I'm not actually living the dream life that I desire to be living. Which is like a little bit more in like a, maybe like a rural type setting, a little more in nature, um, a little less connected um, in like this way. Um, And I feel like part of the reason why I'm not choosing that right now is because of our family dynamic um which i'm sure we could make work if we really wanted to but it's also there's this component of money it takes to make that shift and so i feel like there's like a part of me that's like if i help enough people then i'll be in a place where i can go and do my path but it's I in saying this out loud I'm realizing that I'm kind of idolizing it in a sense (laughs) yeah and and it's like and it's like a bargain too it's like I have to help this many people or make this amount of money to like have what I want and it's like it's really hard because like obviously our brains are thinking like logically and reasonably and like yeah okay a plus b equals c like you have to have like this and this and money to you know, but it is, it is kind of like a bargain of like, if I fix this many people, if I help this many people, if I make this amount of money, then I'll have my, like, then I'll be happy. Then I'll have that dream, like Mm -hmm. life. Yeah. And I think a part of it too, is maybe, um, maybe a bit of like purpose, like wanting to have a bit more purpose in life. Um, yeah. That's, what is that? part, that's what is the reason mean? why I left. That's the reason why I left the telecommunications world. It's like, I was like, what purpose am I really serving in this world? I'm giving people phones. Like who fucking cares? And they're assholes about it. Yeah. 
<clears throat> so what is like when you think about your purpose what what does that mean to you what does that look like to you to have purpose in this world so I'm sure that looks different to everybody so what does that yeah. look like to you? honestly I feel like it's really hard to just like say in one sentence what it is because I feel like it's so many things um and honestly I'm a little bit embarrassed to say some of the things in my mind because I feel like some people will think that I'm a little bit crazy (laughs) but I I'll just say it like I there's things that I think about a lot that I have no fucking clue how I would achieve it but Things like, oh, I wish that I had the time and space to fiddle around with alternative energy solutions because I feel like that would just, like, better humanity and it would be really fucking cool. Um, And to be out on, like, let's say, like, a homestead building whatever fucking thing I want to build. Like, I have this... I have this desire to want to work with my hands a lot, which is interesting because my last journey was like saying you need to work more with your hands, which I don't know if that's because I went into the journey with the intention of basically building like a a career around healing business. And so it's like, do I can I somehow use my hands to do some type of healing or am I just like, am I thinking too much into that? Do I just need to build things? I don't know, but I have this, this, this vision and I've like, I've drawn it out. I've like made a vision board of this healing retreat where it's, it's, it's a little more secluded, not like super far from the city, but you know, maybe hour, hour and a half, whatever and it's it's like off grid it's kind of like a homestead but there's like this beautiful uh, and i imagine almost kind of like a a, a japanese zen garden but there's like these little huts and each person that comes for a healing experience has their own little hut so it's like they have that sense of like privacy and sense of like you know this is my space so that i'm safe and i can heal here but then they can also come out into this garden where that's like, it's like a social area where people could be doing meditation or yoga or whatever. And it's just beautiful. And it just feels so serene. And then there's like the main house, which is where I live and where I host, you know, group healings and stuff. And it's overlooking this big body of water. And it sounds so extravagant and out there. And I don't know how the fuck I'm going to achieve it, but that's like that's been in my mind for like a while now I think that um I don't know just really like on my heart to say this like I think that vision is um is a gift to you I think that like that's given like to you to pursue I don't think it's I don't think it's random that you just have this like vision it's not like, I think that's like a higher power, like giving that to you. Yeah. So I, what do you I'm, have to do to like make that a reality? I feel like that's exactly the path that I'm trying to like pursue right now is I'm trying to take the little steps to get to where that would be. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, if you, if like, that's the, let's just say like, if that's a universe, God creators, like will for your life and you be disobedient to that and you, you know, keep staying in your job, keep working for another company, keep getting distracted by like little things, then it's almost like all of that makes it so hard that it like, it won't happen. But like, how can you lean into that like big instead of like little steps here and there? Like, how can you lean into that in like a big way? Yeah. Well, okay. So here is another part of why I feel like it's been like somewhat aligned, but also like not really sure with like the job that I'm working because the guys that I work for, they have an off-grid property. They teach people how to go off-grid, which is like, holy shit, how fucking synchronistic is that? So now I have all the knowledge from them of how I could go and do that. But at the same time, it's like, is there a way to do it maybe through them? I don't know. But um, I I guess I don't, I I think that's kind of where I feel like it's not through them. Because if I try to imagine like, let's say hypothetically, because they're really cool. They'd be like, hey, like, what's your career aspirations? Where do you want to be in the company? And they will like, they'll try and shift and make that happen. So if I were to be like, hey, I want to be like your on-site healer or something. <laughs> but when I think about that, it it doesn't feel like that's where my vision goes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, obviously that would be fucking amazing but it just doesn't feel like that's the right path and so there is this part of me it's kind of like like the trouble that you were having with the store it's like i i i feel a lot in a, in many respects very aligned with these guys and what they're doing and i respect them and and i love the way that they like treat their team And it's cool because I get to work with them as a contractor. So I'm still technically like have my own business and like that kind of thing. But yeah, it's like, you're, you're still kind of like tied to someone else for 40 hours a week. And so anyway, I guess, I guess like what I'm, where I'm going with it is like, okay, so now I feel like the next step is to try and I guess sort of just like build something that can turn into this healing retreat. And so I I guess in my logical mind, I'm trying to just start small with like, okay, let's help people with this little thing and go from there. Right. And, and the other part too, is when I think about having this retreat and like being possibly like the main healer type person, that is a little bit scary because I'm like, that's a lot of fucking pressure to put on someone. <laughs> that people what are going to if- come to this place to see you to get healing. And what if you don't fucking heal them? Is that true? I don't know. It's like, that. that is a fear that sits in the back of my mind. It's like, I know that I'm good at healing. I know that I can help people. But they're still in the back of the mind, back of my mind of like what if I do get a client that I can't heal 
So I just want to share, um, I just want to like share something and it's on my heart. So, um, so Wednesday, I got baptized last week on Tuesday. Um, and I've been on this like really interesting spiritual journey that's like brought me on the craziest roads, winding, turning, twisting, um, that essentially like brought me to this point of like being baptized and which is wild because growing up, I never, like my grandparents like grew up in the Catholic church, but like, we never went to church. We never went any kind of like religion or spirituality or like anything in our world. We maybe went to church, Catholic church on Christmas. Um, and so it's been a very interesting journey for me to like come to this like place of um, my relationship with God. And I really feel like that little fear that's like in the back of your head is like not of God or the creator, right? Like it's not of that. It's like a little like evil spirit that's like coming and like knocking at your door and and like this dark energy that's saying like, you can't do it and you need to be afraid and like, you're not going to heal them. And like, that's to me, like just when I hear that, it's like, I instantly think like, that's a little thing, that evil spirit, unclean spirit, whatever you want to call it, demon that's like knocking at your door that is trying to stop you and prevent you in like these little micro ways from following this, like, I think that this will that's like been placed on you to like go and pursue, pursue this, right? Because I don't think like just everybody gets that placed on their heart to do something like big like that. And those little like demons are like knocking and saying like, be fearful. Don't do it. You won't heal them. Yeah, I, I feel like it's not like it's not strong enough at this point for me to just be like, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to do it. But yeah. yeah, it is a little whisper and like it is a fear. But I know sometimes just that little whisper can like subconsciously sabotage you a little bit, which I think I also have with just money in general. And I, yeah. I'm I'm so aware of it, but I just haven't. I feel like I haven't been able to move past it yet, which is. There's a few things that I learned as a kid that money doesn't grow on trees, which is, it literally does grow on trees. It's fucking paper. It is trees. (laughs) Well, I mean, cash money anyway, but Um, there's that. And then um, um, just like remembering like how hard up my parents were. So there's like a bit of a scarcity mentality that that happened there maybe like a loyalty to be a part of the group maybe I don't know right if you're if you're like making money then there's kind of like this subconscious like thing of like if my family didn't make money and then I make money I'll be excluded from that group because there's a judgment on like people who have money there's definitely a judgment on people who have money which okay so this is really interesting because there okay so there was that piece younger but now my parents are really well off like they helped us get this house like they're super well off so that's a little bit like incongruent with that like my dad was an entrepreneur he like did really well and but I I think there is and I, I don't know where I got this from but I have this 
subconscious belief that rich people are assholes, which I know consciously that not all of them are. And so... (laughs) And I think, like, there's also, like, that saying out there, too, like, money is the root of all evil, Yeah. right? But it's just, like, a societal thing. Like, the money doesn't grow on trees, you know you're bad if you make money it's the elites that are like destroying the world and like they have all the money and don't pay taxes and blah 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 blah. like if you're if you make a lot of money then you're an asshole but like so the true quote of that is the love of money is the root of all evil and so like Mm -hmm. that little piece gets like taken out and they're like oh money is the root of all evil and it's evil like don't want money you should be poor you should you know but it's like when you're in alignment with like God's will, like for you, I th- and you're in alignment with yourself. I don't think that money is bad. It's like, and that doesn't make you bad when you're in alignment, when you're serving like people on their healing journey. That's, that's not the same as someone who, you know, is going to lie and scheme and scam to earn money. Mm-hmm. It's very, yeah, sure. very different. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I, and it's like, those are the things that I'm conscious of, but I I feel like there's still this subconscious component that I just, I need to release it somehow. Um, and, and I don't know if those specifically play into this, but when I also think about like, okay, let's say hypothetically I launch my thing and it does really well and I make a hundred grand. I'm like, think in my head, like, holy shit, like, how am I just little old me going to fulfill all that? And like, like, am I just going to piss it all away? Or like, (laughs) basically get, basically, then I get scared of like having so much because I don't want to fuck it up. You just get someone to manage your money. You start hiring you start hiring the people that you need to have to like run that like bigger business and you hire, you start hiring people before you actually, you start hiring them before you need them so that you have that safety to expand because you don't have what it, it's like, if you don't take like that next step and have like that faith of like that next step, it's like, you won't receive like the, the miracle sort of say, like you won't, it's hard to take like that next step in your manifestation of like your goal and like what you want it's like you kind of have to take the step first and trust that the ground beneath you is just going to like be there you know so it's like if you want to like go and do big things like it's fine but then you'll be making more money so then you can hire certain like people to assist in that right but like even in managing like managing that property you like you don't I think the thing is too is like we think we have to do it all like if I'm like the one like creating this like space I have to like do it all but it's like do you have to do it all I know, or do you I just have to like be that. the healer and be the visionary and the creator of it and you hire the other people to do what they're good at doing yeah I I already thought about that like I thought it'd be so cool to have like a little groundskeeper and like a chef yeah. on site and then like people who come to the retreat could just like request whatever they want from the chef like that and so like a groundskeeper cool. too that maybe like knows about like her herbs and you know can like take people on That's nature walks and like you know do um like gathering herbs like you know like foraging and like you know a lot of like purpose 
in mm. in that yeah Hiring actually, people those who are, are some good points i never thought about that i just thought of like just get a fucking gardener type person but no, like, get actually is... spiritually like connected yeah. to like the plants who like fucking loves the plants and loves teaching yeah. people about the plants and you know hiring some like an accountant who like is really in alignment soul alignment with like this project not just someone who like counts numbers but someone who you know is like hey we have this extra money like maybe we should you know use it for this local charity or you know somebody who's really in alignment with like the bigger purpose of your of your property yeah that's a really good point and then you get to like be the healer that's doing the magic and everyone else gets to do their magic and that within itself is magic but you don't have to do it all hmm hmm you leveled up my you leveled up my thoughts of like who I would hire because I definitely didn't think about it in that sense, which is wild. It's like why wouldn't I think about that? But yeah, yeah, you're right. Sometimes like the vision is just it's so big and it is overwhelming. But I think that's why you have to like talk out your plans with like trusted people, and so that they can give you you know that love and and that support to like think like even bigger and like and and expand. Mm-hmm. on your already big vision yeah 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 so what do you have to do like give me like five steps of like what you would have to do to be closer to there if there is no judgments no conclusions no fear no worries no nothing what are the five things that you would absolutely have to do to be able to have time space and energy to actually fulfill this vision um well it it's interesting if I really if I really remove like judgments and stuff I could literally use the process that the guys I work with use which is just create a business and financial plan so you have a plan of like what this is all going to entail. Find a piece of land that fits that. Attract an investor or raise the money. And then build it. <laughs> what about like your job now? Like, would you still be at your job or would you have to leave it? I feel like that's why I don't think about it in that simple of a sense, because I'm like, okay, well, first I need to like do something that helps me leave my job and then I can start doing that. <clears throat> you have to start taking like those bigger and inspired actions, right? Like looking at the land, finding the investors and, you know, you have, you have programs that you definitely could launch. It just feels too scary to jump straight to that. Like, I feel like I, I feel like what feels better is to do like a couple of these like different little. I will say I will, I will challenge you because sometimes the thing that like feels better is not the thing that is best. It just feels better because it's comfortable and you're not yeah, it does feel safer it feels safer. It's, it's 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 a lot it's a lot safer 
But like, what if you just like leaned into that and didn't have any judgments or worries and you started looking for property? Yeah. What if like you told me, like, what if anything is possible? What if something just poof, fell in your lap, an investor that was totally in alignment or a grant like from the government or I don't know, you launch your program and it does really, really well. And you have a lot of people that like, sign up for it. Like, and you just oh, leave your job. Like, what if anything was possible mm-hmm. and you lean into that? And the more that you lean into it, when nothing bad happens, the more that you feel like safe and secure, the more that you feel excited, the more that you're like, wait, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. You're the right. more that you play it safe, the more that you will stay in that box of safety. You kind of have to venture out. It's scary. I know. <laughs> I get it. I feel that way too. I'm like shitting my pants right now because my program's like <laughs> launching on like July 1st and I've like, you've done a program, but I've never done a program before. So I'm like literally like crapping my pants. I'm like, what if it, like, what if people don't sign up? And like, what if it fails? And what if this? And like, you know, what if I don't leave the store? And like all the, all these things, but I just got to tell those demons to be quiet Mm-hmm. So I can just like do it and fulfill this like purpose that I know is for the people. And then it's also, I've seen this video and I've, and I've seen it like before and heard it before, but it's like, you're doing, you're doing a disservice to people by not following this vision. Like this vision was gifted to you for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to like take the initiative on this vision, it's a disservice to people because you are not helping them in the capacity in which you know, deep down in your heart that you can help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hear that from my marketing mentors all the time. They're like, by not selling to your customer, you're doing them a disservice of yeah. like being able to help them. Yeah. So yeah, it's, that's true. I'm going to have to ex- sit on that one for a little bit. I expected to see some pictures in the next couple of weeks of some properties. Well, I will say I have been looking at properties and I did find this one really fucking amazing one. I don't even know if it's still available, but besides the point, um, I've definitely been trying to like envision it in that sense for sure. Um, I've, I think I've just, yeah, I've just definitely felt a little bit too scared to, to sit down and like make a plan and why, why, what are you scared of? What are you afraid of? tell me what are you afraid well like if I put all this effort into making a business plan and a financial plan and a pitch deck for investors and finding this land and going out and trying to get an investor and all this fucking shit um and then for whatever reason it just flops like that's what's scary it's like I I think it's because of my past failures like I have done so many things I've tried so many things that have failed in the past and so it is it is scary for me to to try again on something did you learn anything from those failures yeah I mean I I don't know what I learned off the top of my head but I'm sure I learned a bunch of shit (laughs) (laughs) so to me like failures are always like if you're not if you're not failing you're not trying you know what I mean like if you're not if you're not failing then you're just stagnant you're just you're playing it safe failure is such a good thing because that's how you learn and grow as an entrepreneur 
Mm -hmm. And every entrepreneur out there will say that like failure is a must and it will build your character and you grow and evolve and ebb and flow with the failures. But what does it mean about you if you fail? Um, that I'm a piece of shit. And what else? What do you lose if you're a failure? You could lose everything, essentially. What's everything? All my, all my worldly possessions. <laughs> probably wouldn't lose the people which is good but I could potentially lose like my material possessions and what's scary about that well I'll be like a fucking homeless person I basically like in all of your be failures like, before have you has it have the consequences been that severe no I I you know what this actually really makes me wonder if I need to heal my past relationship that I divorced from because it's I feel like that's the feeling that I'm trying to avoid it's like I literally lost everything like I left my job I left my apartment of like 10 years I I just basically brought my clothes like there's so many like how much stuff do you acquire over 10 years in your place that you live it's like couches and beds and furniture and all these kind of things like there's so much that I left behind in that sense from that and like had to start over. And I feel like that was really, it felt really hard and it, I mean, it was cleansing in a sense, but it also like had moments of like feeling like, fuck, like I should have fucking taken that thing or fuck, like I'm pissed that I didn't get that. She got that. What was the, um, what was the expectation or dream of this relationship? Of that one? Yeah. Um, that I would have a partner to like do life with and like basically like basically have someone that would like support me help me kind of thing but I I I feel like I only got that in some very minimal ways not in like an all-encompassing way like Mm -hmm. I have now like I feel like my partner now is like I'll fucking help you through anything. I'll support your fucking crazy ass dreams where it's like, it was like, I've said so many times where I'm like, I know I have all these ideas all the time and these crazy fucking visions. And it's just like, whatever, like fucking I support you. Just do what you want to do. Whereas I feel like in that previous relationship, it was like, oh, like maybe you should think of something a little more logical. Like, 
which I feel like is why it was so tough for me because I'm not, I'm not always logical. I mean, I am logical, but I also have these like intuitive visions and calling. That relationship like suppressed all of that. Yeah. And then, and then it failed. And I, yeah. And I, I used to say like, oh, it's like, you're holding me back kind of thing which I'm sure probably was painful to hear from the other end, but I feel like now looking back at it, it's, it's that I felt held back from that, from my like spiritual path. Because before that relationship, before I got married into that relationship, I was literally this close to fucking quitting my job and moving down to New Mexico to learn how to build earthship homes. And I didn't because I got married. Right. And that didn't align with all that. I feel like, I don't know, like my heart is like hurting right now. Like it's so weird. Like all of a sudden, just like this, like hurt in like my heart. I think there's a lot of like heartbreak. You're probably feeling what I felt during that relationship. Yeah. It's like a very, it's like a, it's like a very sharp like stabbing pain it was painful I my heart hurt for probably like three years in that relationship yeah and And it was probably sorry go ahead well basically I was just going to say to the point where I was like contemplating ending my life and that's that's when things flipped because I just like have it when you have those thoughts it's like you you basically scare the shit out of yourself to like make a change yeah and I think there's probably a lot of projection onto you right like her her own fears of like what that would mean to her if you followed your big visions something of that triggered unsafety in her so that got like projected onto you to like not follow that so now it's like if I try and like follow these dreams my partner is going to like reject me I'm going to feel like that same heartache that almost took my life and so it's not safe to go and follow these visions I've been saying this for a while I'm like I need to heal that relationship (laughs) so I guess this is coming to a head it's like okay that's that's my next session. I think so. Yeah. It seems like a big um, roadblock for you to like move forward with your, with your visions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. you can do a session on it. Yeah. <laughs> I got a few people asking for trades use. So. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Get a session on it. Yeah. Sweet. And you can like lean into this big vision. Yeah. Because like life is, you know, life is just happening so quickly at warp speed. And it's like, we just make this like really arrogant assumption that, you know, we're going to wake up tomorrow. And like, that's not, that's not true. Right. We don't know what's going to happen. And I think when we're like placed, like when, when that vision is placed on our heart, I think it is like our divine duty to like do whatever it takes to like make that happen. Do whatever healing it takes, like whatever whatever it takes to make that happen. Because this world needs it. We need healing sanctuaries. We need it. People need it so bad. 
like even I have a friend and she's always like messaging me about these like health things. And I'm like, dude, it's not that it's like, it's, it's emotional. It's emotional, spiritual. Like don't talk to me about genetics. Don't talk to me about this or that or whatever. It's 100% emotional, spiritual. And it's like, until you can release this particular emotion that you're, you're so, you have like, you have like claimed it. Like you're not letting go of this like emotion. It's like, until you let go of that, your body is not going to recalibrate itself. Mm-hmm. You know, people need it. I just saw this video yesterday of this lady who used an amazing analogy for that. She was like, okay you go to the restaurant and you have this cheesecake and you don't feel like eating it. So you put the cheesecake into your fancy purse. Let's say it's a Gucci purse. Well, what happens if you don't take the cheesecake out of that purse? What happens after a week? What happens after a month? What happens if you don't touch that cheesecake for a year? It literally becomes a living thing. It's probably going to be really disgusting too. If you were to go and try and eat it, it would be poisonous. It would probably hurt you in some way. And she's like, think about the cheesecake as something you experienced that was difficult. And the purse is your body. If you don't deal with that cheesecake in the right way, it is going to turn, it is going to sit in your body and it's going to turn into a disgusting, poisonous thing. And what does that do to you? Yeah, it is. It's like poison. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, it's not just mental. It can show up physical too. Like it's, yeah. I just got chills. (laughs) Like I have a hard time believing anything is um, truly physical, to be honest. I really do. I really have a hard time believing that people's bodies are just broken. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. And I've seen people's bodies shift and change so quickly from like doing emotional work. It's like, you know, I fully agree. I mean, I do think that there's definitely a component to physical stuff where like the prime example would be our food system right now, which I think is extremely broken, extremely toxic. And those things absolutely, I think, can affect our our physical body. Um, I mean, you're putting toxins in. It's the same shit as like holding an emotion. It's toxic to you, right? But yeah, it's like my knees, for example. My, like I pulled my knee in soccer and for probably close to 15 years struggled with re-pulling this knee, re-pulling this knee, re-pulling this knee over and over and over again, no matter what I did, physio, acupuncture, working out all this fucking shit to like try and strengthen the knee and keep it good. And all this stuff, wearing knee braces and, you know, just the most random fucking thing would happen. Like one year I, like my, my parents came for Christmas to my shitty little apartment in Vancouver at the time. And I didn't have a Christmas tree. So they brought the Christmas tree that was up in their garage, but in their area, they have a lot of stink bugs. So anyway, when they brought it, we unpacked it in the middle of the night. I had to get up and like get a drink of water. There was stink bugs all over the living room. And I was like, "Ah." and so like, I, I tried to like 
get up on a stool and like get one but the fucking chair tipped as I had my leg up there my whole leg fucking bent and like that Christmas my knee was like like I couldn't even walk on it which it's like that is such a freak fucking accident (laughs) and was it a freak accident well was your body like gosh we gotta like do something to like get her attention on this like god Basically, yeah, like that's basically what I'm just getting at is, is I think it was like a year or two ago now, I did some actual full-on healing with my knees and I've, I've never, oh, just before that though, just before I did that healing, I, it was the one knee that was like going over and over again, but right before that, my other knee fucking freak fucking thing happened. Or my other knee went and I was like, both of my are fucked, I'm going to be a cripple. And so <laughs> I like went through this like very traumatic experience, but it was like basically my body being like, fucking deal with this shit or I'm going to put it over here and fuck you up so you can't even walk so you have to fucking deal with it. <laughs> Pretty much, basically, yeah. basically did that. And so then my healer was like, okay, ask yourself truth. How long do you need to just like do nothing and let this heal? And it was like eight days or something like that. So for eight days, I sat on the fucking couch. I let my partner do all the hard work. I fucking scooted around the house in like this wheelie chair. (laughs) Like I didn't even have a wheelchair. I just had like, you know, those like office chairs with wheels. (laughs) And I just let myself heal. And then I like did the actual like healing work and blah, blah, blah. And I, and I haven't experienced anything since then, even though I was doing like a lot of like rental work and like, I was doing a lot of like heavy physical work. So anyway, that's a long story for saying, yes, like you can experience a physical trauma, but that might be a manifestation of something that you've like held inside emotionally yeah because nothing is by accident perpetuating until you fucking deal with it yeah like it's it's all for you if you start looking at your body physically the circumstances your relationships if you start really like taking a deeper look at that you'll have all the answers the answers are in the pain the answers are in the relationships the answers are in your circumstances and the it's wild there. thing about it too is the original injury was such like it seemed like such a freak accident as well because I was playing soccer but I wasn't doing anything I was literally running in a straight line off of the soccer field to sub and my knee just went which is like why why the fuck would it do that it makes no sense nobody touched me I wasn't near a soccer ball I wasn't touching the soccer ball I was running off in a straight line your body was just like you know what we're done with this yeah And it just goes back to what I just said. It's like, if you don't deal with whatever is actually in your body, your body's just going to be like, yo, I'm going to fuck you up until you pay attention. Pretty much. Literally, that's (laughs) what it does. It's wild. And I like tell people all the time, I'm like, this is a gift to you. Like, don't get mad. Don't get frustrated. Get curious. 
Like this isn't a bad thing. This is just your body doesn't can't just like send you an email or like DM you on Instagram and be like, hey girl, like you got these unresolved emotions. Deal with it. Okay. Bye. You know, it doesn't work that way. It's got to find this like genius way of communicating with you through dis-ease. Mm-hmm. It's saying there's a lack of ease here from these unresolved emotions. You have to deal with it. So it does what it does. It creates pain. It creates dis-ease. It creates it attracts certain relationships. It does it all on purpose. Oh, but also I just want to touch on that, like, don't be mad or whatever about it, but actually do be mad about it because that is the first step in the stage of healing that will trigger your, your healing process because the first stage is denial. So first of all, maybe we should say, don't fucking deny the fact that you're experiencing this shit. (laughs) Then get mad about it because that's, what's going to trigger you into the next step. And then you can continue to heal. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So if you are getting mad about it, good. Fucking be mad about it and do something about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I guess exactly. more to what you're saying is like, don't be mad about it and do nothing. Be mad about it and do something. Yep. Love it. <laughs> anyway. Well, this was a good chat. I think we yeah, kind of like got into a bunch of random shit. And thanks for poking me because now I you're feel welcome. like I know what I need to heal. <laughs> Okay, good. Love that little laugh. Uh, I feel like I make that same kind of like laugh when I'm like, should I got shit to heal? (sighs) Yeah. It's like that uncomfortable, like, of like, I know what I got to do, but it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. It's one of those things that I'm like, "Ah, okay, I know I have to deal with it. I just don't want to fucking deal with it, but yeah don't don't put it off don't don't put it off especially like now you know don't put it off it's gonna be so good when you work through it you got it yeah it's gonna be so great (laughs) yep so much freedom on the other side yeah it'll be sweet i feel things shifting yeah Mm-hmm. a beautiful journey of things shifting and changing and it's quite the wild ride i will say yeah for sure yeah. well thank you my friend for another wonderful episode um yeah thank you thank you everyone Thanks for all of our watching listeners. and listening yeah and we will see you on the next episode hey, ciao